We are glad to make all of our Jcast Network podcasts free for our listeners. However, they are not free to produce and host. Please consider making a donation to Jcast Network to help support our work by visiting jcastnetwork.org slash donate. Thanks for your support. You are listening to A Taste of Romamu, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Romamu, please visit romumu.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Wow. Shabbat shalom, everyone. So I've been thinking a lot these last few weeks about how we mark transitions. I've been thinking about endings, and I think it's impossible to think about endings without also thinking a little bit about about death and loss and the sadness and grief that often comes with endings. And I had a moment this last week that exemplified this, these thoughts for me. Um, I'm in the process of moving, and I was cleaning out my closet, and I found in the very, very, very back of my closet the shirt that, when my father died, I ripped for Kriya. Right? That there's a custom that when we lose someone, we, we will make a tear, a rend in our clothes for a parent who's over the heart. And I found this garment that I ripped when my father passed away, when I was in the hospital with him. And I think about this moment for a few different reasons. I think about it because this is an example of ritual done right, that all of the, the laws, the halachot that we have around mourning seemed, in my experience and in experiences I've heard from others, to, to speak to the process of transition. And I think about this moment because my father died within the first few weeks, within the first month of me being at Romamu. And it sort of bookended my time here. And I looked at this shirt and I thought, wow, I can't believe it's been two years. I can't believe that it's been two years that I've been a part of this community, two years of getting to connect with people, of getting to know everyone here, of getting to show up and learn from other people in so many different ways and so many wonderful capacities. And and I was struck when I saw this shirt about about the passage of time and the way that now I'm in this moment and I feel like I don't have great rituals for marking it. And I was just speaking earlier today with, with my wonderful, amazing colleague and friend and teacher, Miriam Rubin, and we were talking about how Judaism is really good at marking these big moments, right? That Judaism is really good at marking moments of death, of birth, of weddings, celebrations as well. And we don't have great rituals for marking many of the smaller changes and shifts that happen in our lives. We don't have rituals around moving, around transitioning from, you know, from jobs, around ending one job and beginning another job. And And I was thinking about this idea of time this morning in particular because this week's Parsha is also about transitions and about time, right? That this week's Parsha Chukat takes place 38 years after the Parsha before, that in between these two Parshiot, 38 years has passed, right? And we know that these 38 years have passed because all of a sudden in this week's Parsha, the the main characters of the Exodus narrative are starting to age, right? We know that Miriam passes away in this Parsha. Aaron passes away in this Parsha. Moses seems to be himself um, 
more, maybe more entrenched in his ways. Uh, he has incident, the incident in this week's Parsha with him hitting the rock, right? So Moses also seems to have become more tired during these 38 years, right? So I was thinking about the two years for me and the 38 years in this Parsha and the ways that we often don't have wonderful ways of marking, you know, small moments and big moments and the transitions of time, right? And there is, there's this deep sense I think in the Parsha um, of loss, right? Not just of the loss of the leaders, but the loss of that time, the loss of those 38 years, that when the Israelites leave Egypt, they think that, wow, we're going to be in the promised land like that. Like, it's not such a long distance, right? And what happens in life and what often happens in life is that we end up taking very circuitous routes, right? And sometimes those are by choice, and often they are... Um, due to circumstances beyond our control, and all of a sudden, 38 years have gone by. All of a sudden, two years has gone by, and, and here I am standing here um, on, on the cusp of leaving. And in the same way that, that Moses in this week's Parsha feels unprepared for the loss of his two siblings, I also feel unprepared for the loss of this community. And I feel unprepared and not ready to say goodbye. Right? And in this week's Parsha, right, Aaron and Miriam, when Aaron dies, there are very clear rituals, both around Aaron's death beforehand and after. And, you know, Miriam sort of gets shortchanged. Um, I don't want to gloss over that and say that that's okay, but, but we sort of have these two different ways of marking, of marking time, right? That for Aaron, there's this real intentionality. There's this real holding of space, of honoring this transition, of marking it. And for Miriam, we sort of have, we have one verse, and I think that that's a huge failing on the part of the Torah and the authors of the Torah. Um, but I want to highlight it as a way of saying that I think that there are different ways of transitioning, right? And that even though, just like Aaron and Miriam know that they're going to die, just like all of us know that we're going to die, you know, we can't live that way. In the same way that I've known for two years that I've had a two-year contract that um, eventually was going to end, Right? It would be impossible for me to live and be in a relationship with everyone here in the ways that I wanted, in the ways that I've been able to if I focused on, the, on, that, on that short duration of time. And I think that having ritual to mark these kind of transitions, I think, is so important. Um, this week's Parsha also gives us the ritual around death of the para aduma of the red heifer, where we have this really strange and fascinating and complicated and beautiful ritual at the beginning where we take a, a, a red heifer, a fully red animal, the rabbis say it has to have, if it even has two white hairs, it doesn't count, right? It has to have never been worked. And we use this ritual to mark coming in contact with, with the dead. Right? And it seems when you read the Torah, like, so simple, like, such an easy way to transition from spaces of grief that all you have to do is find this red heifer and you sacrifice it and you mix it and you sprinkle the water and you do this thing and all of a sudden you're good. You've marked that time. But I think as we all know, both from our own experience with, with grief and with loss and with saying goodbye, that it's really not that simple, that it's not as easy as there being any one moment where you say goodbye, that really the process of saying goodbye is, is an ongoing one. Right? And in the Jewish morning ritual now, we have sort of a whole year and beyond, right? That first there's the ritual of burial, and then Shiva, and then Shloshim, and then the yard site, and then the yard sites after that. So we have lots of different spaces 
to acknowledge and move from from a space of liminality to hopefully wholeness. And I bring that up here as a paradigm because I, 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 I want there to be like more ritual like that around these kind of transitions, around the kind of transitions for people who are big and small, but transitions even around, around leaving and saying goodbye. And the rabbis talk a lot about this hekish, the, the ask, what's the connection between the very beginning of our parsha, where we have this law of the red heifer and the, and the narrative parts that come after the narrative parts being the death first of Miriam and then Moses being frustrated hitting the rock and then the death of Aaron. The rabbis say, what is the connection? Right? So some of them say like, okay, the, the Torah tells us to, communicates to us in two different ways. It communicates to us first through law and then through narrative to make sure that people have sort of different ways um, of learning, that people with different learning styles can connect. But uh, my favorite understanding of this comes from um, Rabbi Samson Raphael Hirsch, who was an amazing 19th century German intellectual rabbi, uh, one of the, the, the founders of, or, of or proto, proto-modern Orthodox Jew, I guess, if that makes sense. Um, and he has a very beautiful teaching where he says that the reason why the, the para aduma exists, and the reason why it exists, this ritual of the red heifer and this parsha, is it's coming to give us a ritual to soften the sadness, the depression, the loss that we feel around death. Right? That he says that this ritual about purity and impurity is really there to give us something to help make the transition to death from death from spaces involving grief easier. And I want there to be that same kind of ritual around the transition of time, around spaces of time, right? The sense of loss of time, the sense of time that seems to have gone by too quickly. And I think that, that for in a moment, um, for this Aliyah, I want to call up people who, who are either going through some kind of transition or who people, or for people who want to support people who are going through um, some kind of transition. And, and I'm specifically thinking about my own, the transition that I'm going through now around what I was saying about time, that having some kind of ritual to mark time and, and to mark spaces, you know, like nothing I'm saying right now is working for me. I'm just gonna, I need to like, I need to like break the fourth wall. I know I see, but it's okay. It's fine. Um, the thing is this saying goodbye is much harder than I thought it would be. And like, at first I was like, oh, it's just like a job's ending. It's not a big deal. I can leave, but it doesn't feel like leaving a job. It feels like leaving 300 friends. And, and I, I compared it last night to, um, to feeling like the end of high school. Right, that like at the end of high school, like you're in this like intense multi-year experience with people, and all of a sudden you leave, and people kind of disperse and go to college and go about their lives. And I was remembering that when I graduated from high school, I wrote the same thing in everyone's yearbook. Right, in everyone's yearbook, I wrote, "Have a nice life," <laughs> and that was it. And I had this moment like 10 years after high school where I was at a wedding of, of one of my best friends and there happened to be someone at that wedding who I went to high school with who was like, hey, do you remember what you wrote 
in my yearbook, and I was like, yeah, I have a pretty good guess. And, and, and she's like, but look, here we are again, right? Like you wrote, you know, have a nice life, and here we are again in this space. So, if I had to write in all of your yearbooks, I would write something very different than have a nice life. I mean, obviously I want everyone, I wish everyone well, but, but what I would write now in all of your yearbooks would be please keep in touch. I would want to say, I want to say to everyone, like, it, it's meant so much for me getting to be a part of this community for the last two years. Um, it's been wonderful getting to connect with people in all of these different areas. Uh, getting to teach people, getting to learn from people in classes, getting to hold space, getting to support people and having people support me in my own transitions and moments of struggle. Um, and I can look out in this room and I can sort of see different faces and different people and I can think of different moments that we've gotten to have together where we've gotten to share space. And, and I'm really going to be carrying all of you with me as, as I go forward. And, you know, I'm not going to say have a nice life. I really want to say stay in touch. And, like, let's find a way to, like, continue the relationship just because this, this portion is ending. And I think about, you know, in this week's partial, all of this talk around death and the all yeah we're about to, to read is, is about Miriam and about how, like, even though in life, intellectually, we sort of all know that things are going to come to an end, when we're at that moment, we still feel unprepared for it. We still feel not ready to say goodbye. And I think that's how I feel right now. So I don't really have a great way of wrapping all of this up. <laughs> but I think that that speaks to the difficulty of endings in general, right? That often endings are messy and complicated and hard. And I think that unlike the ritual we're presented with of the red heifer, there isn't generally one simple moment that, that marks transitions. That really the process of grief and the process of life is sort of this ongoing thing where, um, where hopefully there's more than just one moment. But, but I do want to acknowledge this as one moment uh, of me saying goodbye. And, and so I want to say to everyone right before I, I call people up for the aliyah, um, I really just want to say again, thank you. And it's been such an honor getting to be a part of this community. And, and I'm going to miss everyone here so much. Um, I'm going to miss everyone here so much more than I thought I would. Not because of who people are, but like I didn't, I'm like, it's a job, whatever, two years. But like, uh, I really feel like deeply changed and deeply indebted to everyone here. So for this Aliyah, uh, I want to call up everyone I really want to call up everyone, and I want us to be in community one more time. So I'm going to say, like, everyone should come up, but specifically if you're someone who wants more direction, if you're someone who is, like, in a place where you're struggling with a transition, where maybe some you have a loss, or something is ending, or something is beginning, and you want support, or if you're someone who wants to support someone, please come up for this, Aliyah. Please come up. Let's be in community together one more time.
Page. With this, we begin with uh, chapter 20, verse 1, on page 883. I'm sorry, I'm going to talk behind you. Okay. Yes. Barhu et Adonai Hamborach Barhu. Vayavovinisraelkolaidamidbartsinbachodashorishon, Et kahal Adonai el midbar hamidbar hazeh lamucham anachnu uvireinu velamaheli tunu mimitzrayim lahaviotanu el hamakom hara hazeh lo mekom zera uteina vegefin virimon umayim ayin lishtod vayavo Moshe v'yaharon mipnei hakahal. El petach ohel moed v'yiplu al p'neihem v'yerach v'od Adonai aleihem. The Gemara says that beginnings are the hardest thing, but I actually feel today that the Gemara got it wrong and that endings are much harder. <laughs> and I think it's hard to have any one moment or any one phrase sum up or encapsulate whatever it is that we're marking in this moment, whatever the transition is that we're here looking for support for. But my hope and my blessing for all of us is that may we, in this moment, look around and notice the people who are standing with us today, the people who are forming this chain of community with us, the people who, in this moment, are both supporting us and being supported by us, who we are supporting and also receiving support from. May all of us on our journeys and our transitions always feel this love. May we always look back on this moment and feel this connection, this holiness, this closeness. And may this moment carry us forward. 
and may it inspire us to create other spaces like this, spaces of wholeness, of completeness, of love and compassion, connection. And may our transitions in this space maybe be not final. May we find ways of connecting and continuing to support one another and continuing to be in each other's lives uh, and supporting each other in the ways that we are now as we go forward. And let us say, Amen. Amen.